0: G'day, this is Mark Pesci, and welcome to This Week in Startups Australia. In this episode, Twista walks the corridors of power. With Australia's recent change of prime minister, startups have suddenly become the darlings of federal, state, and local government. In this episode, we'll find out why. We begin with New South Wales Minister for Innovation, Victor Dominello, who is in the process of changing how the New South Wales government holds and shares its huge supply of data, changes that will create great new opportunities for startups. Then we'll speak to Charnel Mundy, who has put together a fantastic proposal on how the city of Sydney can improve the environment for the lion's share of Australian startups that call Sydney home. Finally, we will speak to Startup Week Australia General Manager Michelle Williams. How does Startup Week give the rest of Australia's businesses a chance to look into and gain benefits from the startup sector? Government has gone crazy for startups and they're here on This Week in Startups Australia. This Week in Startups Australia is proudly sponsored by Braintree, the easy all-in-one payment solution for your app or website, and Getworm, the place where startups and early adopters converge. The Honourable Victor Dominello is the member for RIDE and the New South Wales Minister for Innovation and Better Regulation and a few other things that he's actually just told me about, but we'll we'll stop there because it's a convenient place. Now, just a few weeks ago, the minister made waves because he announced that New South Wales would be the first, basically, I guess... Um, political entity in the world to establish a data analytics office. And he's here with us on This Week in Startups Australia to talk to us about what that means and what it actually may mean for startups in australia so welcome minister dominello thank you mark so what is what is the project what is the data analytics office going to
1: do well the data analytics center Mm -hmm. uh, is going to be a in many ways a one-stop shop for uh, data analytics in new south wales Um, one of the problems that we've had in the past is that data is stored by right across the government in 140 different agencies.
0: And it's all very carefully siloed as a result.
1: Very siloed, very hard to access. Right. Uh, And it's important to get access to that data into one location so you can have um, a holistic view of the data Mm -hmm. to try and uh, unravel some of the major challenges we have in society. But it's not just uh, across 140 different uh, agency silos in New South Wales Mm. government. There's also local government that's got data. Right. And there's 150 councils. Right. There's also the state-owned corporations, such as the you know, water and energy suppliers have got right. valuable you know, big data. that oh, absolutely. Help Huge amounts. Some real... Uh, some real uh, challenges that we've got and help unlock those challenges to uh, provide some solutions. So what we're doing is establishing a data analytics centre that will basically say, look, these are some of the major problems we've got in our society. This is all the data we've got right across New South Wales, whether it's local councils, 140 agencies, the state-owned corporations, Mm. bring all the data together that we need to try and solve some of the problems that we've got.
0: Now, I mean, a lot of this sort of opens up a whole bunch. One of them is sort of, I guess, the security around that data and making sure the data is correctly anonymized. But some of it's just around the fact that that data is also held very tightly by a lot of these organizations because they perceive it as power and value. So how do you gently pry it from their tight fingers and get it into the data analytics center?
1: You're right, and information is power. Mm -hmm. And that's why people culturally hold on to the information or the data because then they have their little fiefdom. So what we need to do is get over the top of that. Uh, the way to do it is through legislation. So we're going to introduce a bill um, into the parliament in the weeks ahead uh, that will basically say, look, this is a, a priority project of the government. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's say it's about um, domestic violence. Right. Or, uh, or it could be around obesity rates, how we reduce those rates for better health outcomes. These are priority uh, initiatives of the government. We want you to provide the data that you've got on this uh, within seven days. No ifs, <laughs> no buts, can, oh, within can, seven days. I mean,
0: well, can they provide... If you say within seven days, can... I mean, you might be getting something that... You might get... Uh, someone will hand you a hard disk, but but the data then doesn't provide any context. Are you going to have to work with these organisations to... Obviously, we'll work with them. ...generate context around that.
1: Absolutely. We work with them. But the point is, uh, at the time that I will issue the direction, they don't have time to say, well, look, we want to enter into an MOU with you. We want to have a coffee and a cup of tea and throw in a scone. and let's talk about this. And in three months' time, I'll give you the data. No, no, sorry. This is the data that belongs to the people of New South Wales. These are major challenges that we've got. We need the data now within seven days, so it gives me a, a really strong stick to say, um, put away your little power plays. We need this data to, to solve some solution to create some solutions for the people of our state.
0: Okay, so you've you've got the legislation, you've got the enabling legislation, you've got your seven days. All of this data comes in. Yeah. Now what happens? I mean the. the Because you hear stories and it's it's fairly, although it's both apocryphal, it's also known to be true that the supermarkets, for example, are sitting on some of the best big data in the country, but they mostly don't know how to use it. Mm. And there's this gap between, okay, we've got all this big data and developing useful applications. So how do we go from having all of that data in the Data Analytics Center to it becoming a suite of useful, intelligent things for New South Wales?
1: Well, I'll give you an example of what we've done in the past uh, and how we can replicate that again so uh, in the past we relied heavily on timetables right the written form of timetable because you know we were expecting a bus to come up victoria road on a certain time a certain yeah. place yeah uh, but and and that's because uh even though we had the technology in the past, uh, i.e., to monitor where the buses were, yes, we wouldn't release that data. Yes, out to I the remember world.
0: when that was going on. That's
1: right, because you know people would say, "Hold it! If we start releasing this information, people will say we're running late." Uh, <laughs> Shocking, but how, yes, uh, they might. My God, transparency! What a terrible thing. <laughs> yes. So, but once we have released that data, how good has that been? Yes. Now, look at all the apps that have now yeah. come up. Uh, that have said, look, don't worry about the timetable. I can tell you where the bus is. The bus is now twenty minutes away from the bus stop, and you can now program your life yes. based on real-time yes. information. Now that's an example of how when you open up data to the sector to mm. the public, mm-hmm. uh, they can come up with amazing, um, you know, solutions to some of the problems that we all face. Sure. So once we got all the data in, we would then go and, as you said, provided. Uh, There is a complete security wrap around it, provided it is completely uh, anonymized uh, and the the Privacy Commission is involved in all that. Once that, you know, I'll call it neutral data uh, is out there for the public, who knows uh, what possibilities will come out of it. But the point is, we won't know unless we open it up. Agreed. Do, have you been getting
0: any indications from the big end of town about applications that they might think about building on this as well, or are you thinking that it's going to be more sort of probably smaller, startupy, researchy type folks that will be working on oh, this? I think
1: the possibilities are endless on this. Like we are in the information age, where we've just just passed the digital uh, revolution, mm. and we're in my view, we're about to enter into a data evolution where data has a primacy about it, uh, where data is the new currency. Mm. Uh, So I I think to to tailor or to limit the scope of what uh, the potential of the Data Analytics Centre is going to be would be unfair to it. And unfair to the people. I, I really think the opportunities are enormous.
0: Now, are you thinking uh, one of the things that New South Wales took the lead in was in government hackathons with yep. some of the data? Are you thinking of being able to do that once the data analytics center is open?
1: Absolutely, and we'll continue to do that. But the but the difference is, you know, the way I see the data analytics center in the in the future mm. is it'll be an interactive tool. Mm-hmm. So you know, industry might say, look, you know, we we need some data around you know, the smoking rates in a given population at a given time of day. Right. So we can draw a link between that um, and, uh, you know, what people are eating right. to work out, you know, how, what, you know, what they're eating is maybe impacting on their smoking patterns or, you know, whether they've got a sports field nearby. Does that impact, you know, uh, access to recreational facilities? Does that impact on smoking, et cetera, et cetera? They might come back to us and say, look, we don't have this, piece of the jigsaw. Mm
2: -hmm. Can
1: you go back into your agency and see if you can get some data around where the various sports facilities are in New South Wales so that you can feed it in so we can put that jigsaw piece onto the table and then come out with a more sensible or more refined solution to a problem?
0: Will you be liaising with the ABS as well to be able to get access to that data and be able to integrate that or is that going to come in through a separate uh, pipe?
1: Yeah, Mm. absolutely. So I'm already talking to Malcolm Turnbull Mm. uh, virtually every month in relation to the DAC, the Mm. Data Analytics Centre. Uh, he's got something similar in in the digital uh, transformation office, the okay, DTO, so,
0: which has also just been stepped up. Just for for our listeners, so the the DTO just launched sort of within the last month, and it's now in fact actively advertising for very bright people to come and work inside that organization. So you see that there's going to be a lot of synergy between oh, the, the DTO and the absolutely. data. Absolutely, the DTO
1: Center. doesn't have the same uh, coverage that the the DAC will have right. in the sense that DAC will literally cover everything that moves in New South Wales mm. but at least though we've got a, a portal uh, into the federal government and and the information that they've got.
0: Do you suspect that you're going to start to see this being used as better tools for governance? So, you know, we think of the modern dashboard model of being able to get an overview of how processes are running inside of an organization or inside of a shipping container or whatever it might be. Do you see that a lot of this is going to be used to help make your job and the job of the public service staff who are working with you better?
1: A hundred percent. I can't make a good decision unless it's based on evidence unless it's based on fact unless it's based on data Mm. Uh, and if i make a decision and i don't have all the data in front of me then how am i doing a good job for the people of the state so what ultimately where we're trying to go is get more information so we can make more informed decisions so all the resources that we've got and they are finite resources Mm. um, are applied uh, you know judiciously and efficiently so you know we are spending as much money we can on education rather than in incarceration, that type of argument. But you can only do that once you you know work out where all the data is, what all the information is. Making making a decision in a vacuum is a very dangerous.
0: You're listening to this week in Startups Australia. We'll be right back. <laughs> Hi, this is Mark Pesci, and now I'd like to say a few words about Twista Sponsor's Braintree, code for easy online payments. Developers around the world have used Braintree's V.0 SDK as a simple way to accept PayPal, credit cards, debit cards, and whatever's next. With a single, scalable integration, you get robust fraud protection on over 130 currencies around the world, making your global expansion a snap. Using Braintree is as easy as integrating a few lines of code, but don't take my word for it. Try out the sandbox and see for yourself at BraintreePayments.com. And we're back. We're talking to Victor Dominella, the New South Wales Minister for Innovation and... Better Better regulation, regulation, yes. Now I wanna sort of pivot a little bit and talk about the startup community. So New South Wales is the shining example of the technology startup community. Melbourne looks at us very enviously. I was just in Perth. It's not so much that they look at us enviously, but they've decided they need to double down on the things they do super well, which are not exactly the same things that we do here. But it has become accepted now that when VCs come through and investors and startup pitches and all that, that this is where they come. So we've got the ball right now. What do we need to think about in terms of, I think, policy, framework, regulation in order to keep New South Wales as the best place to do a tech startup?
1: Well, we need to be innovative. You know, The thing about uh, the tech startup uh, sector is that it's very innovative. Mm. It's very cutting edge. It's uh, very imaginative. It always sinks outside the square. And we as a government need to continue in that mode. And that's why doing something like the Data Analytics Centre is very innovative it's it's breaking norms it's breaking cultures it's uh, trying something different and new and we need to continue to uh, challenge ourselves in that regard I think in terms of the startup space there are three key elements that they need to you know to be uh, successful one is obviously you know, a place mm-hmm. uh, to, to, um, to to get together a second thing is fun they need some capital right. Uh, and the third thing is data, which uh, people say is the fuel of, uh, of of this age. So they need those three things. With the, the DAC, we're providing the data. We've, in relation to the funding, we've just uh, created Jobs for New South Wales. So that's basically a $190 million fund uh, that will be chaired or oversighted by David Thodey. He was the former mm-hmm. CEO of Telstra. Telstra yeah. Now, you know, Jobs for New South Wales is going to look at sectors... Uh, that are booming, uh, that will create even more jobs in the future. The startup sector is one of those key areas. So in terms of uh, that $190 million fund, I imagine the startup community will have a large voice to play in relation to the allocation of that uh, in terms of capital. So that's the second thing and the third thing is premises and and i am in engagement now in discussions with both the minister for finance and the minister for skills mm. in relation to seeing if we can find some premises as well so th- The government was just involved in helping
0: to set up stone and chalk, right? Which we're going to try to actually do an episode that focuses on them. That's the fintech accelerator startup area. It's in the big end of town, really dedicated to fintech. There's a question about whether Sydney can excel in fintech the same way that London specifically has. Do you think there are any things that we can do right here to put us in the driver's seat around fintech in, in Asia?
1: yeah I think we we can. And, and as you said, we've got a natural advantage already because sixty four percent of startups are already occurring here in in yeah. Sydney, New South Wales. Uh, and so that's a massive advantage that we got that we need to capitalize on. So it's about collaboration. that's the buzzword. Mm-hmm. and you know, the days of uh, aggressive competition in within the sector mm-hmm. I think are over. the smart people in the in the sector are now saying hold it. We, if, if we are collectively stronger, if we are individually stronger, then we're collectively stronger. Um, but it's not just collaboration within the sector. It's collaboration with the universities mm. and the research institutions mm-hmm. and, more, most importantly, collaboration with government. Mm. Um, and if we start doing those things, uh, I think then we can be far more innovative. And that's why the government's also announced these knowledge hubs mm. that have come in place that brings uh, this collaboration into a finite point. Uh, and I think that's going to be very exciting uh, because that will then take us to that, that next space that we need to be in.
0: So it, the Data Analytics Centre will naturally, it seems, spur some startup activity around it. Do, does the government need to have in place or to think about commercialization strategies for those startups to help them either get traction both within New South Wales or presumably maybe with all Trade actually taking what they're doing and exporting it? Is that something that the DAC is thinking about? Definitely.
1: And, and part of the terms of reference of the DAC mm. is to advise government on how to improve the digital economy. So we're going to have experts there on the board as a CEO mm-hmm. to you know, tell us what is um, the best way that we can inter- inter- engage as a government to make sure that we improve the digital economy. But not only that, another term of reference of the DAC is to provide a government with advice as to what is best practice in right. relation to data analytics around the world. So it's not like we're just going to put a stake in the ground and then just you know, you know, put up a tent and be happy. We want to continually ask ourselves the questions, what is now best practice? Because we want to continually be at that cutting edge.
0: All right. So then cast your mind out, say, three, four, five years, 2019, 2020. What has the DAC become and what has it done for New South Wales and what has it done for the New South Wales startup community?
1: Okay, well, uh, if I was uh, to be a brave prophet, I would like the DAC to have started really getting some results in relation to some issues that we collectively agree need to be addressed. Mm-hmm. So whether it's uh, you know some basic results around logistics such as traffic. Right. You know, everybody whinges about traffic, but if you can reduce it through intelligent right. data analytics, that's a good thing because it costs us about $5 billion a year at the moment, in, in terms of traffic in, in Sydney, New South Wales. Um, but we can also get drive better outcomes. Maybe it's around improving or reducing incarceration rates mm-hmm. for our Indigenous brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. where the rates of incarceration uh, for juveniles is just at an abominable level Mm -hmm. Uh, they represent 4% of the population but 50% of the juvenile population in in prison so whether it's things like that but the thing is it's got to be measurable outcomes I want to see what we're doing now and in four years time what the data analytics center has done to improve those outcomes okay so it's not just about the rhetoric it's Mm -hmm. actually about seeing outcomes Um, I'd also like it to be a place Uh, a one-stop shop, in many ways, for data analytics. So instead of um, the startup community saying, look, I need some information, I need some data, um, instead of knocking on 140 different doors, uh, across government agencies, they can just go up to the DAC and say, look, this is what we need. Right.
0: Or even presumably not knowing what's out there because there's no one place to go Correct. see what's out there, right? Well, there's
1: 140 places yeah. at the moment yeah. and 150 councils. Yeah. You want an ease of doing business in New South Wales in the same way we've got Service New South Wales, mm. which is a one-stop shop. You'd want that type of experience in relation to data analytics. Mm-hmm. So the, another uh, requirement of the DAC is to go around and start cataloging all the data that we've got so that we can then start opening it up. Because once you know what you've got, then you know what you can do with it.
0: Right, and it becomes possible. I mean, that that then feeds into the collaboration economy Correct. because once you've got all that, you can start to share intelligently Absolutely. around it because you've got something to do with it. Okay, so you've got that. Now, what has that then spar- uh, sparked... Um, an effervescence of startups around that that are actually, you know, they're probably still only a couple of years old, so they're not really big. But are there now a whole bunch of little startups around it that are all taking little bits of this data and doing commercially relevant
1: things with it? I I think already we're starting to see that. And let's not forget that government is a a major consumer of services. Mm. Uh, When you think about just in the health space Mm -hmm. alone, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the amount of money that we spend on health is about 40% of the budget, yeah. and it's likely to increase. But yeah. if we can have downward pressure on those uh, health costs by improving, improving, for example, out of hospital care, yeah. uh, or improving um, our ability to intervene in relation to an emergency situation yeah. much earlier, then that's going to be a good thing. But this is where we can go to startups to say, look, can you help us design apps? Based on all this data that we got, help us design apps that will, you know, improve ambulance times or improve um, our ability to monitor whether somebody's, you know, potentially going to have a heart attack or something like that.
0: So it sounds almost like the DAC is going to need an incubator of sorts because that's when you can bring people in and say, this is what we want. Can you
1: do this for us? Correct. And that's, again, one of the things that the DAC will make uh, recommendations to government or provide advice to government is in relation to how we improve that digital economy. And an Incubator is definitely uh, in the frame for that.
0: Minister Dominello, thank you very much for being on This Week in Startups Australia. You're welcome, Mark. Hi, this is Mark Pesci. If you want to see photos of our guests, if you want to find links to the City of Sydney's draft plan for startups or Startup Week Australia's huge list of events, Drop by our Tumblr at twistartupsaus.tumblr.com. You'll also find previous episodes, articles, lots of stuff's up there. Check it out at twistartupsaus.tumblr.com. Although this podcast is known as This Week in Startups Australia, from the beginning we have been very proudly located inside the city of Sydney, inside of Fishburners, which is very much one of the startup hubs in the city of Sydney, and for the 12 years that I have lived in Australia, I have been a very proud Sydney sider. And what's been interesting is the startup community has grown up in Australia, based around Sydney. Sydney has really been the hub. Now, on a Tuesday afternoon in August, I was invited to Sydney Town Hall because they were unveiling the Draft Tech Startups Action Plan, and it lays out more or less a roadmap for how the city of Sydney wants to be able to assist startups and the startup ecosystem. Charnell Mundy is the Strategy Advisor for Economic Development for the City of Sydney and the key architect of this plan and she has joined us on This Week in Startups Australia. Welcome, Sharnel. Thank you very much. So what was the genesis of this plan? Because uh, I hear it's been some years in the making.
3: It has, and to put it in its strategy context, the City of Sydney had Sustainable Sydney 2030, which is an overarching plan. And we built on that with the economic development strategy, which really outlined the role that the city can play in the growth of the city's economy. We then identified priority sectors. So we looked at retail and tourism and specific action plans were created to address the industry needs. This is the third. This is an action plan that focuses on the specific needs of tech startups. Because we understand that supporting entrepreneurs as they become employers is really a clever, sustainable way to I guess grow our economy and, and jobs.
0: So so this has been in a sense on the back burner while those other plans were taking shape and being rolled out. You always knew you were going. When did it sort of when did you have the penny drop moment about the fact that you needed to lean into this?
3: The economic uh, development strategy actually identified entrepreneurs as a key theme. So when we looked at entrepreneurs, it very quickly became apparent, right. and I certainly have to acknowledge um, the expertise and the generosity of people within the tech startup ecosystem who we consulted with mm. who very clearly articulated the benefits of tech startups what they were and what really they they brought to sydney as a community mm. but also to the city and the nation's you know economic growth so i guess the the penny drop was simply looking at entrepreneurs and understanding that um, tech entrepreneurs particularly are the people that we want to we want the clever resilient innovative people that are solving complex problems you know
0: innovatively. Right absolutely and so you you talked to the community and through that consultation process which took how long did the consultation process take when you were talking to the community members?
3: Well the it's effectively informal consultation. Mm. The, the formal consultation is now. Now is the time that the ecosystem can comment. What the draft action plan is, is literally that, a draft. So what we did to create it, though, was um, we really just went out informally and talked to people uh, entrepreneurs, we talked to people in accelerators and incubators Mm -hmm. and co-working spaces just to get a feel for the barriers and the issues. We did a lot of uh, what we call desktop research, so we looked at what was happening in other cities. Mm -hmm. But I think importantly, we did stuff. We actually did a range of pilot programs and that really, I guess, enabled us to develop relationships with people within Sydney's tech startup ecosystem, but also kind of prove what might work for the city. Um, so that we could propose actions in the, in the plan that are, that are credible and are hopefully relevant. All
0: right, so, so what are, you identified five areas of focus. What are those areas of focus that you identified through this, what we would almost think of as a lean process where you did a lot of experimenting?
3: Mm-hmm. The five areas, I guess we call them strategic directions, but we, we recognize that the city can play a meaningful role uh, in the ecosystem. So we're in a we we're not here to tell the tech startup ecosystem how to fix the barriers, we're here to be a part of the ecosystem. So what we identified is that we've got a role to play in building a, a strong entrepreneurial culture and community. You know we want to encourage more people to become tech entrepreneurs to start and, and to grow global companies. The second uh, focus is creating skilled and connected entrepreneurs and, and this is really um, Ways that we can help build a robust ecosystem in which tech entrepreneurs have the skills, but importantly, the networks to grow global businesses.
0: So are those networks just within the city or do they extend outward?
3: I think they need to extend outward. Um, You know, the city of Sydney is actually only 26 square kilometres. While we we know that Australia's tech startup activity is centred in that area, we we have to reach out and collaborate because collaboration will be key Um, beyond that boundary within Australia and internationally. The, I, I know we mentioned five strategic yeah. directions and the last two or oh sorry the last three were increasing the startup ecosystem density um, you know we just really need to ensure that startups I guess the organizations that support them are able to scale and often I think that means being located close enough to each other so that they can share ideas mm-hmm. so that they can mentor uh, and partner with others we are also looking and fourth Uh, direction is supporting entrepreneurs access to funding we know that this is a significant barrier Mm. that people often focus on but our role will really be in generating more investors and investment in tech startups by connecting entrepreneurs uh, with investors but I think primarily it's around education we've got this incredible you know talented financial services workforce right with skills and talent, and how do we connect those professionals um, with tech startups and educate them about how um, valuable or how you can invest and benefit from investing in tech startups? Mm-hmm. And I guess the last one, uh, the strategic direction, is developing tech entrepreneurs' access to markets. This is, I guess, looking at how we generate. Um, I guess, increase the number of consumers before and after the release of a product or service. But essentially what that means is, what does it take to help tech startups to scale? How do we leverage our international relationships with sister cities, whether that's in Guangzhou in China or San Francisco in the US? How do we become um, a procurer? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we change our procurement practice?
0: And, uh, I mean, just to, to touch on that, the city of Sydney is a large institution. Large institutions tend to work best with other large institutions and tend to not understand how to work with small ones. Is that basically true here?
3: Uh, I think it's a challenge for large organisations. We've actually successfully solved it um, in the past if you look at design competitions, so we enabled small, innovative, dynamic architecture firms to bid for, and in fact, in a blind you know, expression of interest process, eventually become the winner. And the winner's not only the firm that got the work from the city, but also our community mm. who's, who will benefit from this really innovative, exciting design. It is a challenge. It's not going to be solved quickly. But we recognize it as a challenge and i think we can work to solve it
0: okay so you have the five focus areas what are the outcomes and how will you be able to gauge the success of the plan mm-hmm.
3: uh i guess when we look at the outcomes you know overarching we want to have a tech part ecosystem in sydney that is flourishing and if you look at successful and growing ecosystems around the world, what that means is that there's a strong entrepreneurial culture, uh, there's a plentiful supply of talent, you know, there's more skilled entrepreneurs, particularly Mm -hmm. women, Mm -hmm. um, creating the, you know, high growth tech companies. There's a healthy funnel of startups across the developmental life cycle, you know, a vibrant support system, including highly developed funding ecosystem and a kind of global recognition as Australia's centre for innovative, um, you know, globally successful tech companies. So that's kind of what we're aiming to achieve. And the action plan outlines a number of specific actions to do that. And I'll just give some brief examples because it really is about what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. And we will, uh, well, we can uh, create an awareness campaign. We can use our marketing channels to raise the profile of, Sydney's tech entrepreneurs and the, the ecosystem in general. We can support tech startup festivals. You know, we do support Startup Week. We are a supporter of SidStart. We will um, support Pivot uh, in their endeavours to you know raise the profile of tech startups. We can include digital education activities in our youth programs and our uh, child programs, um, children's programs. So that's about you know how to code, learning how, ensuring we've got how to code courses as a basic in those programs. We run a, a, a Startup 101 Business Seminar, and we've done that for a number of years, and mm-hmm. certainly while there's some the demand, we'll continue mm-hmm. to do that. And I guess, you know, we've got a whole bunch of channels that, that really raise the profile of innovation. Uh, you might have attended Sir Tim Berners-Lee's City oh, yes
0: that at,
3: at Town Hall, and that's a fantastic example of how we can use platforms like that to talk about innovation and mm-hmm. showcase tech startups. So that's some of the things that we we, we, will, we will be looking to do. And I guess, how do we measure it? Mm. We've identified a number of measures that are... Uh, look, I think effectively one of the key things we'll be doing is actually looking at the data and doing some research and looking at how we can measure
0: right.
3: progress over time. That will be about the number of tech startups because industry classifications just haven't kept up. No,
0: absolutely not. Right. Uh,
3: um, And being able to replicate that data over time, obviously we're looking at um, the number of uh, exits, Mm -hmm. Um, we're looking at the number of investment Mm -hmm. that will be raised. So we think that our work in partnership with the ecosystem will influence that, that measure. That, that would be some of the measures. And then we've got measures that really are about specifically what we do. You know, the level of sponsorship money that we give out, you mm-hmm. know, to industry activities. Mm-hmm. The number of participants in those events. Mm-hmm. The feedback from those participants who say, yes, I learned something or or yes, I'm, I'm more plugged in to the, to the ecosystem.
0: Alright, so the plan is now out there. It is now open for comment from the public, presumably people who are not in Sydney as well are, are open to comment. So how long does the public have to comment on the plan?
3: Uh, until the 10th of November.
0: All right, so about another month.
3: That's right. And you can download the plan at sydneyoursave.com.au. You can join a discussion forum, even complete a three-minute survey that really captures your views, or simply email your, your comments.
0: Shana Mundi, thank you very much for being on This Week in Startups Australia.
3: Thank you.
0: Hi, this is Mark Pesci. I'd just like to share with you a few words about our Twister sponsors, GetWorm. Startups need to attract early adopters before they reach out to a much larger crowd. And Getworm is the place where startups and early adopters converge. It's the platform where startups can incentivize early adoption through the creation of perks, rewards for being part of that all-important first group of users. If you've recently launched a startup, or are planning to launch one soon, sign up as a startup on GetWorm and gain access to a growing user base of early adopters from all over the globe. The early bird gets the worm at getworm.com. <coughs> I first met Michelle Williams back six, seven years ago. She was one of the co-founders of Social Innovation Sydney. They used to have these events generally on Saturday mornings. A bunch of people would get together and have a talk and really do brainstorming and almost like uh, theme food camping where they would just brainstorm ideas for social innovation. People would come in and talk about social innovation. It became a real hub for a moment in time in Sydney Before startups really started to take off, it was, I think, the first sign that Sydney was getting ready for that kind of environment. And Michelle Williams is now the general manager of Startup Week. She is joining us in This Week in Startups Australia to talk about Startup Week. Sydney, Michelle, welcome to This Week in Startups.
2: Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me.
0: So tell me about what's going to happen and when it's going to happen.
2: Startup Week Sydney, it's the inaugural event. Uh, It's a combination of 50 or so events that will happen over the last week of October. So from the October 22 to October 30 with some events on the edges.
0: 50 events. Yes. So what are some of those events?
2: Uh, so we have a code club that will be running at Town Hall. Uh, we have some entrepreneurial events uh, talking about China at UTS and the new paper bag building. Uh, we have the uh, Michael Crouch Innovation Center opening party at, at UNSW. And uh, we have a, an AFR event uh, with the heads of banks uh, in Stone and Chalk. And we have a pitches and beers events at Fishburners, So that's like the, the variety and range of what we've got so going. So it's going to be
0: really something for almost anyone who wants exactly. to do something. And what was the driving force? Why is this happening?
2: I... Well, I mean, I have never seen this amount of activity or interest or focus on startups as is happening now. Right. I do believe that's a lot to do with the disrupted industries. Uh, I'm working out of Stone & Chalk, which is the new fintech hub. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whereas before, I think there's this general kind of startups are happening, we need to get involved. The idea wasn't the most important thing. It was about the processes and getting right how you build a startup. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, I think that we're moving into a time where whole industries, we're seeing the models happening over. Um, But in fintech, in health, in education, in maker, uh, in internet of things. And and this, um, you know, it's really starting to become clear what the opportunities for disruption, innovation and new business ideas are.
0: Okay, so how does Startup Week then present those ideas to the broader community? Because the startups themselves, they all already go to these events, they know about these events. What you're really trying to do is to draw a wider circle around this, right? Yeah,
2: definitely. Trying to uh, show the level of activity that's going on. You know, you talk to industry, you talk to government, it's like, oh, it's happening underground. All these people, they kind of hide their events. Well, no, it's just that we're accessing them really easily through our social media and our networks. Mm -hmm. So it is uh, shining a light on all the activities that's happening, the diversity of conversations that are happening, um, really celebrating the the, uh, inner core of the startup community but really being able to show that wider community of the general public but also industry and government who are enabling this to happen. So well this
0: is interesting because we've got of course two other folks from various parts of government so state government New South Wales and then local government city of Sydney on the program. So what's been the role of government at the various levels in Startup Week?
2: It's been really interesting uh, to share, I mean I've been trying to work with government for a couple of years um, you know as part of the social innovation work and uh, you know the intention is there but the actual uh, moving forward sometimes gets stifled in the bureaucracy at the moment, the, the support that we're getting from City of Sydney and New South Wales government has been really an enabling role. What, what can we do to support you? Mm-hmm. We don't really get how startups talk. We don't really understand the language. Mm-hmm. We kind of know that we need to step out of the way and just let you guys get on with it. Mm-hmm. But what can we do to support that growth? Because we know that in Sydney, in Australia, we need new growth. That, you know, We have an uncertain economy. We need new shifts in focus and these are the growth industries of the future.
0: And of course, I mean, what we've seen just in the last two weeks is a complete change in the conversation so we're recording this on the 30th of september we got a new prime minister two weeks and two days ago Mm. and immediately the national conversation changed around innovation opportunity And all of that and agile government and lean processes, all of that language that we think of as being inherently startup language Mm. is now becoming part of the cultural business conversation in Australia. So how does a startup week make the most, how does it make a meal out of that?
2: Well, I think for our inaugural year, it really is about Showing the activity that's happening right now, um, I'm actually acting like a startup and uh, focusing on a particular area. Um, you know, w- we were talking to federal government; it was really hard to get them involved. Uh, the conversation has changed, so it is much easier. But Are
0: you talking to Have you talked to Wyatt Roy yet? Then? I, it Seems like he'd be the first stop now, right?
2: Well, we were actually talking to Tony Abbott, and he was actually thinking coming to the launch wow. event. Uh, and, I, yeah, I was kind of happy to put prime minister, not so sure about the name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, there, there is it, there is that interest, and I think for us being a startup ourselves, the real focus is on the the local and the state government because that's where the activity is happening now. Right. As far as the federal is concerned, that is really exciting because you know our next step is to take this regionally and and nationally. We are getting a lot of people coming to us saying we want to take it to this place, this place, and this place. It's right. like we are acting like a startup, a Startup Week. Uh, so we are Startup Week Australia, but week Sydney is the focus this year and that is going to just uh, focus on the Sydney CBD where those 50 events are happening
0: right well I mean and it makes sense you know what we know from the startup muster around 60% of all the startups in Australia right now are more or less Sydney based yeah. maybe not CBD you get accounts of Ultimo and things like that but they're, they're Sydney based so it makes sense to start here but of course just as This show has been to Melbourne, it's been to Perth, it's going to Brisbane and taking a look into all of these very Mm. vibrant ecosystems that are maybe not quite as fully developed. How can a Startup Week, when it lands in town, when the circus comes to town, how can it help promote the ecosystems in those cities?
2: Well, each city is unique. Each city has its own unique uh, success stories and and growth areas. I, I guess for Startup Week, for what we're doing is building the template, so we have a really strong technology platform that we're using to work with event organizers Uh, and we have um, things like an app that's going to help that uh, interaction between people at events Uh, and again, it's just to showcase what is actually happening on the ground and encourage more people to get interested.
0: Have you thought about what it takes to make these events sticky so that it doesn't just feel like it's a week and it's a one-off but it actually brings people in who then have some sort of persistent connection to what they've seen or what they've experienced or what they've learned?
2: Yeah, so working with uh, Ian Lyons, who obviously is a former digital director at Sydney Festival, uh, we have been looking at doing uh, an app that will allow people to have those conversations mm-hmm. and have a deeper engagement um, both leading up to during and after the event because we understand uh, yeah, wh- how important it is to continue that uh, drive after. Um, Obviously, for us, it has been fun. So, so the way that Setup Week is working is we are reaching out to organisers to get them to run events. Right. I'm not organising all of the events. That well, would be were, yeah. Yeah, that would be a bit difficult. But even still, it's been it has been a lot of work to get people to a level of actually um, getting those events over the line. Right. And you know, on, ongoing, I would like to focus more on how um, post uh, this week how much more that becomes sticky, but the, the themes, I've been making a real active focus on picking themes that are needed, so there's an investment theme and how to plug the funding gap for three to ten million dollars. There seems to be a China theme coming through, so yeah. a lot of people talking about the China connection and building businesses there. Yep. Uh, and then obviously the disrupted industries, they're, um, they're, they're emerging and organizing themselves in what they need and, and where the, the opportunities for disruption are.
0: Okay, so we've actually teased this long enough, and we haven't told the listeners where they find out about these fifty <laughs> events and how to. So, give us all of the details that we're going to need.
2: So, go to Startup Week Sydney. Uh, it is Startup Week Sydney is uh, com Okay. Dot com will work as well. All Obviously, right, we've um, linked it all. Uh, there is a um, and start- we'll link
0: that off the Tumblr, so you'll be able to yeah, go over yeah.
2: And see it. So it was, um, there's also Setup Weekend obviously, and so that the little bit of history is this comes from uh, Boulder, Colorado, uh, and so Setup Weekend started, and then the guys that started Setup Weekend started Setup Week. And then somebody who worked on the team uh, at Startup Week came back to Australia, bought the license with them. And so um, that's where the idea and concepts come from. But Startup
0: Weekend is very much around a sort of, it's almost like a hackathon, right? Where exactly. you build a company over a weekend, whereas Startup Week is much mm. more around... Here, let's highlight the ecosystem. in a Exactly,
2: area. and I'm only mentioning it because when you type in Startup Week, Startup Weekend, and Startup Week come up, and that is the differentiation, so that you you understand that there is a, there is a, a subtle link, um, but obviously Startup Week is very different.
0: All right. So, if all this goes well, what do you see in a year's time when we're doing the next Startup Week, maybe the next October in 2016? What's going on in Sydney?
2: Well, what I well in, well first of all in Australia, I want to find other people like me to um, build in their own cities, giving the lessons uh, learnt and the tools for them to do that. Mm -hmm. In Sydney, what I want to see is a real... Focus and development of the particular disrupted industries on actually getting uh, more events, more connections happening, right. um, and understanding that yeah, that this is a, a year-long process. It isn't. Uh, it isn't something that just a week and then it disappears. And what can be done with the different groups and the different disrupted industries to ensure that other opportunities happen throughout the year? Connections are really important. Uh, you know th- that that ecosystem feel, um, and and being able to have that supportive ecosystem will, is what will help. It grow. Government um, wants to understand that. Uh, they can't build that themselves. We, uh, as the startup community, we build that. So I, in a year's time, I just want uh, what the ethos of Startup Week now is to be understood, uh, is for people to organise their own events and for us as the team to be able to really focus on, on the depth and the opportunity of more um, getting more out of it, getting that stickiness um, rather than just running a one-off week.
0: Michelle Williams, thank you very much for being on this week in Startups Australia.
2: Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me.
0: Governments cannot make startups happen. Governments can get out of the way, and sometimes, as we've seen with New Zealand's Venture Investment Fund, they can enable. Mostly, governments just need to provide the right sorts of opportunities and let the entrepreneurs do the rest. New South Wales Data Analytics Centre when it gets off the ground could foster the birth of a hundred big data startups or it could just be another way for the big consulting firms to transform more of our tax revenue into their pockets the success of the center and minister dominello will be measured by the opportunities that it brings to startups now the city of sydney it doesn't have to do too much to retain the crown as the startup capital of australia but they're thinking ahead It's not just about what they're doing today it's about what they can do tomorrow to make the city a sustainable hotbed of startups and innovation will they succeed well right now only melbourne and brisbane are in the running and both of them are years behind it's sydney's contest to win and their plan will help keep the city on track as the community grows so if you have a chance go and read the plan it's linked to on our tumblr add your voice Get your words in. Help that plan be the best it can be. And finally, Startup Week Australia will give the rest of Australia a taste of the energy and the innovation coming out of Australia's tech startups. Michelle Williams knows its early days, but she can imagine a time when every week is Startup Week somewhere in Australia. That's a vision the whole community can support. Big thanks to series sponsors Braintree and Getworm. Their support makes this podcast possible. Thanks to Felix Warmuth and AnalogCabin.net for his hard work creating a podcast that's always a joy to listen to. Thanks to the Honorable Victor Dominello, Sharnel Mundy, and Michelle Williams for taking the time to come onto our show. We'll be back in a fortnight with another news special, and boy, there's going to be a lot of news. Until then, this is Mark Pesci thanking you for listening to This Week in Startups Australia.